Welcome to this week's sermon from Heights Worship Center. We believe God has something for you today. We hope this message encourages and inspires you. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you indeed are merciful. What do we have that we have not received from you? We love because you first loved us. We believe in your name because you drew us first. We have nothing to show for all of our works are filthy rags. But because of your great, la- your great love for us, though we deserve punishment and wrath, Jesus Christ paid the price. And now we stand as recipients of all Jesus is. So we ask Holy Spirit, speak to our heart. Give us eyes to see, hearts that are tender and responsive, ears that can hear what you want to say to us today. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. So this coming week, we're going to study about how we are to go to God for healing. And I want to try to tackle uh, the complicated questions that surround why does God not always heal? Um, The whole thing that happens when we talk about healing and is it for now? Was it just for then? And so... Help me, Jesus. Amen. So last week we talked about how Jesus said there's a a partnering. When we preach the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ, announcing that the kingdom of heaven is near, that it will be accompanied, right, partnered with raising the dead, healing the sick, curing leprosy, casting out demons. These are the signs that will follow. And whatever we have freely received from God, we are to give. And so we understand that that Jesus was telling us when you speak the gospel of Jesus Christ, when the kingdom of heaven comes, there will be signs and wonders, miracles and healings. I'm here to tell you, church, that the supernatural should be natural for all who believe in Jesus Christ. And if we're not yet walking in the supernatural, then it's available. We just got to learn how to do it. And it really is a learning process. It really is about learning how to exercise our faith, take risk when we feel Holy Spirit prompting us to do something very uncomfortable, to bring the power of God into a situation, into a person's life. And when Christine shared with me, just friend to friend, what the Lord has spoken to her about, get ready for miracles, the miraculous in 2024, I told her, you got to share that. That's a word not just for you, but for our church. I really believe that there are going to be some breakthroughs. There's going to be manifestations of the power of the name of Jesus and the kingdom of heaven released in our lives and in our circles of influence. Amen? Amen. Come on. Amen? Amen. Yeah, we're going to practice exercising our faith today. So I didn't get to this verse last week. We're going to hit it today in Mark chapter 16. As Jesus is about to ascend into heaven, he gives this Commission to those who believe in Mark chapter 16 verse 15 and Jesus told them go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned verse 17 These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe They will cast out demons in my name They will speak in new languages they will be able to handle snakes with safety. We saw that with Paul. They will, and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be 
healed. Next verse. When the Lord Jesus had finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. Verse 20. And the disciples went everywhere and preached. And the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. So once again, we see the accompanying of miraculous signs with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we have to begin to move our faith to believe because Jesus said these miraculous signs, verse 17, will accompany all who believe. So if we believe in Jesus, then we have to understand that part of our calling, our commission, is to operate in the supernatural. That's part of what you and I are called to. Jesus said, go and preach the gospel everywhere. That means you and I have a responsibility to live the message of Jesus Christ everywhere we go and be ready to tell people why we have the hope that we have. So every people, everywhere, right? Every tribe, nation, tongue, at work, at home, in the coffee shop, in your friend groups, in your families, wherever God tells you, we have a responsibility to live the message of Christ and to speak it when we have opportunity to. But not only that, but miraculous signs. Dealing with the demonic, casting out spirits, speaking in new languages, putting our hands on the sick. Look at that. The end of verse 18. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. So this needs to be where we begin to put our faith in. The truth of what God says. And as we point people to Jesus Christ through our actions, our attitude, our love, right? the fruit of the Spirit, the words that we speak. He promises to back us up with miraculous signs. I want you to go to Acts chapter 14. We're just going to read one verse. Acts chapter 14, verse 3. It says this, But the apostles stayed there a long time, preaching boldly about the grace of the Lord, and the Lord proved their message was true by what? By giving them power to do miraculous signs and wonders. And this is seen throughout the early church. So here's the question. If Jesus healed all who came to him, and you'll read that over and over in Matthew and Mark and Luke and John, it specifically says in multiple places that Jesus healed all who came to him. All. Everybody say all. all. There was not one person he could not heal that he could not deliver from demons, that he could not raise the dead. Even when Lazarus was dead, four days, and he said, move the stone, they were like, yo, Jesus, like, the body is decomposing. <laughs> it's going to smell. Do you really want us to do that? Roll the stone. Lazarus, come out. And what happened? Lazarus walked on out, and he said, take off those grave clothes. Jesus was proving that nothing was beyond his power. Nothing was beyond his power. And if we see the early church doing what Jesus told them to do, preach the gospel boldly and operate in miraculous signs and wonders, if we see that happening, then I ask the question, where is it today? The Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and so Jesus is not changed. The word of God never 
changes, right? It says everything in this world will pass away, but my words will never pass away. So if Jesus Christ is the same today, seated at the right hand of the Father, if he's delegated to his believers the ability to preach the gospel with boldness and to move in signs, wonders, miracles, and healings, if his word has not changed, then why aren't we seeing more of it today? This is questions I've asked the Lord. These are things I've sat before the Lord and wrestled with. And I'm going to try my best to help us understand some of the complicated layers and conversations around healing today in the church. I've wrestled with some stuff. I've said, Lord, I don't know if I believe it, but it's your word, so I choose to believe it. Do you know that you can do that? When you come across something in scripture that you don't know that you believe, just tell God, I know it's true. I don't believe it, but I know it's true. Therefore, I choose to believe it. Work in me the belief. Come on. So why aren't we experiencing the same level of breakthrough of the kingdom of heaven in our lives? One of the names of God is Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha is the God who heals. And we see the first reference of that in Exodus 15, 26. And there are multiple other references in Jeremiah and other books of the Bible where God refers to himself as Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. I heard a teaching on healing and the, the pastor made this statement, it is always God's will to heal. I'll be honest, when I heard that, I was like, really? Because my family and I are still believing for healing for my mom. She had a procedure done that left her hand deformed. I said, Lord, there's people who pray for cancer and they still die. Like, if it's always your will to heal, how come we don't always see you heal? And I wrestled with this, and I, and I had conversations with people in my life that, that could have honest debate back and forth and talking about it and praying through it and wrestling through it. I mean, I've personally experienced God's healing, and I've shared some different testimonies. But I've also seen God do amazing things, and we're going to have some testimonies today just to continue to build our faith. But I've also seen God not heal. I've also seen when somebody has passed away. I've also seen where... Despite persistent prayer and fasting and crying out to heaven, someone is taken to heaven. When this happens, it can be really difficult to really fully believe God's promise that he wants to heal, that he is healer. And sometimes what happens is when we're disappointed because we've prayed for something and it hasn't happened, we can get disappointed, right? We can feel discouraged. God, how come I see you do it for them, but you're not doing it for me? We get into these questions and these conversations, and they're not wrong, but where do we end up when we do have these questions, when we are faced with disappointment? And there's been a number of teachings that have caused more harm than good when it comes to the topic of why God doesn't always heal. And that's part of what I want to try to unwrap today. So I want to first start with the basics, okay? Here's the basics. First of all, sickness, disease, pain, they are the result of sin. God never makes someone sick. God does not cause sickness. God does not inflict pain. God does not cause disease. So sometimes our vocabulary is, well, you know, I'm sick because God wants this for me. 
We have to change that. That's not in accordance with Scripture. God does not want any of us to be sick. Whether that's our experience or not doesn't change the truth of who God is, healer, and what he desires, healing. Right? And so we live in a fallen world. That means that disease is part of life. That's why healthcare is a multi-billion dollar industry. That's why pharmaceutical companies make as much money as they do. Because sickness and disease, they're just part of the fact that we live in a fallen world. Here's the truth. Jesus conquered sin and death when he died on the cross and rose again. And it's by his stripes that we are healed. And Jesus healed all who came to him. And Jesus gave us authority to pray for healing and to see it happen. Now, why it doesn't always happen, can I be honest? I still don't have all the answers. I still don't fully understand why God heals some and others are not healed. I don't have all the questions, and if people are honest, nobody does. Because it's part of the mystery of not knowing what God knows. Right? Isaiah 55, your thoughts are not my thoughts. Your ways are not my ways. And there are things that God sees that we don't see. There are things that he knows that we don't know. And to be honest, we're just not God. So we cannot ever fully understand why God does or doesn't do anything. But we can trust that he's good, that he's healer, that he loves us, that he cares for us, and he's provided what we need in Jesus Christ. So that's what we have to hold on to. So all we can do when we're wrestling with difficult questions, and can I be honest, guys? As you walk in faith with Christ, you will have difficult questions. It's, that's why it's called the journey of faith. You will wrestle with questions. You will wrestle with things that you don't understand. And all that we should do when we get into those areas is give God, ask God our questions. He can handle it. Ask him your questions and choose to choose, choose to trust him who he is and what his word says, regardless of what your circumstance looks like. So we have to be very, very careful not to try to explain things that cannot be fully explained. Because that's when we cause um, hardships and hurts. And we're going to get into some of the lies around healing that have hurt people. But I want to read to you something that I read this week in my devotional, one of the books that I'm reading, by Jackie Hill Perry. She says this. Their suffering is so wide, so heavy, so unnatural, that it tempts them to deny the truth. Reimagining God functions as a way to cope with what hurts. We all do this in some way or another, in degrees usually, wherein our circumstances tempt us to doubt something true about God, that he isn't good or kind or faithful or trustworthy or present or powerful or just or real. The trial becomes a false teacher to whom we listen because if we're honest, believing a lie is more comfortable than reality. Hope is an uncomfortable project, but to this we are called. And I find that this is all one of the main challenges that you and I face in our journey in faith is when what the Word of God says doesn't look like our reality. God, if you're healer and I'm still in pain and I'm still suffering and I've been praying and I've been asking people to pray for me and I'm not seeing any breakthrough, sometimes it's easier just to believe, oh, God really doesn't want to heal or God can't heal 
or there's something wrong with me. And that's why he hasn't healed me yet. If we're not careful, our circumstance, our trial can become a false teacher that leads us to believe a lie because it's easier to believe that God just doesn't want to heal me than the fact that I'm trusting that God is healer, that God wants to heal, but I'm still hurting. And so where do we walk in the balance of the truth of the gospel of Jesus and our reality? Hope. Hope. We must cling to hope. And you know what is vital about hope? Faith. Because hope is a component of faith. We must be very careful not to trade the truth of who God is, Jehovah Rapha, healer, and the promise to heal us with the reality of our experiences and our understanding. See, when we try to understand God based on our reality and our circumstance, we're actually putting God in a box and we're saying that I know better than God. I'm actually elevating myself above God. So God, you say you're healer, you say you wanna heal, by his stripes, I'm healed, but I'm still not healed, or my mom is still not healed, or I'm still not seeing healing, though I'm praying for it every day. So therefore, there must, you must not want to. Now what am I doing? I'm trying to understand a, a situation that I can't understand. So I limit God, and I put him in a box, and I believe a lie. And as I believe a lie, it hinders faith. And I don't even go to God anymore. For healing because I, I, I don't think he really wants to heal me or he can't heal me. Are you tracking with me? And so part of operating in the gifts of healing and the, and the miraculous and seeing it happen in our own lives and our families, we have to continue to persist in faith with the truth of who God is and what he promises despite what we feel or see. So like Tito Gabi, he persists that God will heal him even though he's on dialysis every day. See, you can become bitter and mad at God and offended at God and try to rationalize why you're not healed or you can continue to love God, trust God, persist in faith until you see it come. Let's be very careful that we do not deny the truth about who God is and how do we know who he is? His word. What he promises to us that you will lay hands on the sick and they will be healed with the reality of our experience. We cannot allow our mind's desire to understand, to rationalize, to diminish God. And if we're honest, we do that not just in the area of healing, but in a lot of areas of our faith. If you place more faith in what you think, see, feel, experience over who God says he is in the word of God, then that's what you're doing. You're believing a lie. You're trusting your own natural understanding. And honey, we are like this God is infinite, and you and I are itty bitty little so finite. There's no way we could really fully understand who God is. So why do we try to understand everything about God? We can't. It's impossible. And I heard another pastor, Bill Johnson, says that God will always leave an element of mystery so that we continue to trust him. So we need to be careful not to try to explain the unexplainable. Especially when other people come and say, okay, Don, if God is healer, why am I not healed yet? And I could give, well, sickness is part of the fall. And I could try to come up. And that's what happened is Christians and teachers have tried to rationalize 
reasons why God hasn't healed, and it's actually caused more damage. And I want to uncover some of those lies, all right? And let me just say up front that if somebody asks you something that you don't have the answer for, here's what you say. You know what? I don't know. I'm a pastor, and I say that more times than you think. You know what? I don't know. I don't know why you went through what you went through. I don't know why you experienced abuse. I don't know why you have the parents that you were born into. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is God and his word. And that's what we have to hold on to, church. Because a lot of people have been wounded by well-intentioned explanations that actually take the focus away from who God is. And it promotes a lie over truth. And we live in a tension, guys, between our reality, our experiences, and our understanding, and the truth of God and who he is and his word. So let's go to James chapter 5, verse 13. Lord, help me get through this on time. James 5, 13 through 16. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. This is one of those scriptures that can be really challenging to understand fully what God is saying. The first thing that you have to understand is we need to pray. Pray first. Google later. Text your nurse friends later. I get a lot of texts. I'm sure my other nurses in the house, we get a lot of people asking us things. Pray first. Call the doctor later. Pray first. Everybody say, pray first. pray first. And here's the other thing it tells us to do. Ask for prayer. Pray first and then ask for prayer. Yesterday morning I woke up and I was just feeling like my body wanted to get sick. My whole body just felt drained and empty and my, my lungs started burning. And I was like, oh no. This isn't good. I, I got a sweet 16 party, and I got to preach tomorrow, and I can't feel like this. And then I was like, wait, Lord, I receive your healing in Jesus' name. And as I, as I began to pray, the Holy Spirit said, this is a spiritual attack because you're going to pray on healing tomorrow. And I was like, so I walked around my house. Oh, no. In Jesus' name, this is off of me. I'm not going to take this. Uh-uh. Lungs, you are good. Virus, you got to go. And then I texted my group of friends, and I said, pray for me. And I texted my morning intercessors. I said, pray for me. And then I just took a step of faith. Did I feel better? No. Did I sit down to write this message? Yes. But the prayers started coming in over text. And each one, I said, yes, in Jesus' name. And when I felt it and I coughed, I said, no, in Jesus' name. No, in Jesus. This warfare attack is done in Jesus' name. And then Tita Joy called me. She's one of the ones I reached out to. And uh, it was in the afternoon, and she said, I'm sorry, I, I didn't see your text. I called to pray with you. I said, please. She prayed over me. And I closed my eyes. I received it. And we got off the phone. I started continuing to work on my sermon. And then all of a sudden, I realized I was 100% fine. 
100% fine. And you know what? This, I believe, A, was, God, was Satan's attack to try to get me not to be here today. B, it was God's opportunity to say, hey, let me show you. It works. So pray first and then ask for prayer. Reach out to people who have faith for healing and ask for prayer. I love that about our prayer warriors because when we send out prayer messages, I know that they're not like, okay, I'll pray and then forget. Our people pray. Pray and ask for prayer. Okay? See, this scripture in James points out that there is a connection between sickness and sin. Remember, sickness and pain and disease are a result of sin. And it says here in um, verse 15, it talks about if you've committed sins, you will be forgiven. It talks about offering in faith. Prayer offered in faith will heal the sick. The Lord will make you well. And if you have committed sins, you will be forgiven. Next verse. Confess your sins and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So there is a scriptural um, connection between sin and sickness. Now, we have to confess our sins. we got to pray and have other people pray for us so that we can be healed. Now, this principle has been misconstrued and misunderstood where it's caused people to think, God is punishing me because I'm a sinner. Because I've messed up, God must be judging me. And I must, he must not be healing me because I'm such a bad sinner. Let me just expose that lie. First of all, when you are born again, Jesus Christ washes you clean. He remembers your sins no more. God does not use sickness to judge sin. However, listen to me. If you have unrepented sin in your life, it opens a door for the devil to inflict you. If you have unrepentant sin, that means you know you're doing something wrong, but you won't stop. You open the door for the devil to have operation in your life. And some of the ways he will do that is through mental health problems, emotional issues, and physical pain and sickness. So one of the reasons why you want to pray first is because you want to ask the Holy Spirit, why am I feeling this way? Yesterday, he said it's a spiritual attack related to today. There are other times where maybe he will say, you know what? You really need to repent of the sin. One of them that's really common is unforgiveness. I've heard stories and testimonies. I've read them and I've talked to people where they were experiencing severe uh, autoimmune disorders and discomfort. And they went to somebody and they asked for prayer. And as that person laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit said, they have refused to forgive. And so when it was brought up, brought to their attention, they choose to obey God and to forgive. And as soon as they release forgiveness, the healing came. So that's why it's important to pray first. To go to the Holy Spirit. What's going on, Holy Spirit? Is this spiritual? Is there something in my life that you're trying to deal with? Are you trying to get my attention? See, God will not punish you with sickness, but he will use it to get your attention. Because there's nothing like feeling uncomfortable to make you go to God. Come on, let's be honest. We, we like comfort. In this culture especially, we like our comfort and our convenience. We don't want to do anything that is, uh, doesn't add to my comfort and my convenience. And it's in a place often of comfort and convenience that we become complacent. And we don't really spend time with God. 
And because we're not spending time with God and reading his word and having that aspect of relationship going, sin kind of creeps in. You know, little compromises. Little things. Little things become bigger things. And it opens a door. God's not judging you, but because you're choosing to persist in sinful behavior, you're opening a door for the devil to operate. But God, who is so rich in mercy, who forgives us of all our sins. See, Isaiah 53 says that Jesus carried our punishment for sin on his shoulders, and it's by his stripes we are healed. So God doesn't punish sin with sickness, but sometimes sickness is tied to unrepentant sin. Can we, can we get the balance? I'm trying to present a balance. Because sometimes people have taught, well, if God hasn't healed you yet, what's wrong with you? What are you doing wrong? And you're like, nothing. I think I've covered it all. I mean, I think I'm pretty good with God. Am I good with God? Maybe I'm not good with God. I don't know. I, maybe he doesn't like me. That's what it is. And the devil comes in, and he begins to give you a different perspective of who God is. And it's easier to believe the lie than live in the tension of this is how I'm feeling. This is who God is, and it's not matching up. I know because I've had to wrestle through some of these lies. So it's important to pray first. Ask the Holy Spirit, what is going on in me? Is this a spiritual attack? Is this connected to some door I've opened in my life? Is this related to maybe just genetics? Hello? <laughs> what do you want me to do? And when the Holy Spirit tells you, obey. Come on, tell your neighbor, obey Holy Spirit. And if it is related to sin, just repent and believe God for healing. Amen? Here's the next slide, and you see it also here. It says, such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick. And so there is another kind of people trying to explain why God doesn't heal, and they say, well, maybe your faith isn't strong. How many of you heard that, right? There must be something wrong with your faith. Maybe you got to believe more. I'm telling you that there is a connection between faith and healing, but that is a misunderstanding of the truth of God's word that hurts people. Because all of a sudden, when you feel like there's something wrong with your faith, what happens when you're discouraged because you think you don't have enough faith? You, all of a sudden, instead of running to God, you're withdrawing. Instead of believing God for healing, you're pulling back and saying, there's something wrong with me. And, and you try to conjure up more faith. Can I tell you, first of all, faith is a gift from God. And before I get into all of that, remember last week we read Acts chapter 3 about the lame man begging for money? He didn't have faith. What did he want? Money. Did he look at him with faith? Did he look at him and be like, I believe, heal me. He was like, money. <laughs> there was no faith. But Peter, full of faith, get up and walk in Jesus' name. The man had no faith. So how can we say, well, God's not healing you because your faith isn't good enough, when we see multiple examples in Scripture where faith wasn't even included? 
Do you see how sometimes the problem is with trying to act rationale and understand things you cannot understand can cause problems? Some of you here are struggling in sickness and disease and pain and you're thinking all along there must be something wrong with my faith. No. Faith is a gift from God. Did you know that? You and I cannot just have faith. Faith is a gift from God. We have all received a measure of faith, the Bible tells us. Okay? And I just want to point out, because here's another scripture. Help the Holy Spirit. All right. Matthew 13, verse 54 and 58. Matthew 13, 54 and 58. Jesus returned to Nazareth, his hometown. When he taught there in the synagogue, everyone was amazed and said, where does he get this wisdom and the power to do miracles? Then they scoffed. He's just the carpenter's son. We know Mary, his mother, and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, Judas. All his sisters live right here among us. Where did he learn all these things? Verse 57. And they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his own family. Verse 58. And so he did only a few miracles there because of their unbelief. Now I have read multiple articles and teachings on healing where people use this scripture to say, see, if your faith isn't good enough, Jesus can't heal you. Well, I disagree with that. And I want to give you a different way to look at it because I, I prayed and asked the Holy Spirit. That can't be true. You are healer. You want everybody to heal. So obviously their lack of faith could never limit the power of Jesus Christ. Lack of faith cannot hinder the power of Jesus Christ. Jesus healed all who came to him. So why does it say he could only do a few miracles because of their unbelief? Here's what I understand. Because they refused to believe, they were offended at him, they didn't even go to him. So in other villages, hundreds and hundreds of people would come to him. Thousands of people would come to him, and he healed them all. But in this village, because, oh, we know who that is, Joseph's son. That's Mary's boy. Who does he think he is? They didn't even go to him. But the ones who went to him got healed. I hope this clears something up for you, the connection between faith and healing. Jesus said, if you got faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. Right? And so we have to understand that it wasn't because Jesus couldn't heal. Well, your faith's not good enough. I can't heal you. Come on. Jesus healed people who had no faith. That wasn't the issue. The issue was because they had no faith, they didn't go to God. Can I tell you, that's the problem today in America. It's easier to make a doctor's appointment. It's easier to Google what we can do at home. Home remedies. Buy this supplement. Add this drink. Do this thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. I take supplements. I use Google. There's nothing wrong with those things. But the point is, when we go to those things and we don't even go to God for healing, that's the problem. When I don't take what I'm feeling in my body or what I'm going through in my mind, darkness, depression, anxiety, if I don't actually go to Jesus for healing, that's the problem. The problem wasn't that Jesus could not heal. The problem is they didn't believe in him, therefore they didn't go to him. I'm telling you today, church, we in America, first world problems, need to become more desperate and go to God for healing before we go anywhere else. Because yeah. it's just too easy here. 
How do I know that? Because I've seen in the Philippines where they pay for everything out of pocket or in Peru where they pay for everything out of pocket. They have no choice but to pray and believe God to do the miraculous because they can't afford it. And it ain't free. They don't got those programs like we have here. And so they experience a level of healing and breakthrough that we don't see in America. Why? Because they actually go to God for healing. And here when somebody says to a Christian, you know what, I'm not feeling good. Oh, I'm sorry, brother. Feel better. Where's our faith? Oh, you're not feeling good? Let me blatantly lay hands on you. Let me pray for you. I believe God wants to heal you. I'm preaching to myself. I'm trying to get better at that. When someone texts me and says, Don, I can't come to church because I'm not feeling good, I reply back with a prayer. I send forth the healing word in Jesus' mighty name. Not like, okay, thanks for letting me know. Take care. Get some sleep. Love you. Maybe we're not seeing miracles and healings in the church because we're actually not going to Jesus for it. Now, I want to draw your attention. Jesus, help me. Verse 57. They were deeply offended. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Now, we also, if we're honest, can become deeply offended at God. We can get mad at God because he's not doing what we think he should do. Or I prayed and prayed and prayed for my aunt who had cancer and despite how much prayer and I got the church to pray and we all cried out, she still passed away. And now I'm mad at God. I'm offended that God hasn't come through like I thought he should, when I thought he should, how I thought he should. And offense in our heart becomes a problem because offense in my heart means I don't believe that God is who he says he is. Offense hinders faith. Now, you and I will all have multiple opportunities in our faith journey to be offended at God. Why? Because you and I are just fallible. We want to understand. Right? That's a big problem. We put more value on our ability to understand than the Word of God. And if I don't understand, then I'm mad at God. Because obviously, something's wrong with Him. Or the Word isn't true. Do you hear what I'm saying? Now, don't take that little clip and put it on. Don's preaching that something's wrong with God. No. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with God. His word is true. He does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if I'm mad at God, God's not the problem I am. Yes. And come on. Yes. I, I've been honest with you guys. I've been mad at God. Yes. I've yelled at God, and then I was like, what was I doing? Trying to get my words back. He already knew what was in my heart. And I probably asked the Lord, I'm so sorry. The problem's not you, it's me. The problem is in here. Guys, we have to be very honest in our faith journey. And see, the Holy Spirit will show you, hey, you know what? You have a problem with God in this area. If we'll pray first, he'll show us if there's an area of our heart where we don't really believe truth, we bought into a lie. Or we're mad at God. Or we're angry at God. We have to be very, very persistent before God to keep a clean heart. No offense against other people and no offense against God. And that takes a lot of humility. It takes a lot of humility. You know what makes offense? Pride. I think I know better than God. He should have done this, this now. 
You should have done it this way. So I exalt myself over who God is. I'm offended. Here's what we want to talk about faith. Let's go to, to uh, the slide about faith with the different scriptures calling. So faith and healing are connected, but here's the reality about faith. Number one, Hebrews 12, 2, Jesus is the author, perfecter of our faith. So Jesus authors our faith. So you and I cannot conjure up more faith. Right? Jesus is the author. He births faith in us. And not only that, he takes responsibility for our faith. He's the perfecter of our faith. And he will use situations and circumstances to prove that he's faithful and increase your faith. If you learn to go to him and trust him when it doesn't make any sense. The more I've surrendered to the fact that I will never fully understand God or understand his word, I don't got all the answers and I never will, the more it's grown my faith. Because I have to believe that God is who he says he is, that his word is true regardless of how I feel, regardless of what I see, regardless of what I experience. Amen. I'm going to amen myself. <laughs> Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing. Hearing the messages of Christ. And Matthew 17, 20 says faith is small as a mustard seed. We'll move mountains. So here's the thing. Jesus, he's the one who will increase your faith. Spend time in the word. Hear, listen to sermons. Listen to testimonies about healing. Read stories about healing. Talk to people who've been healed. It builds your faith. Well, if God did it for them, he could do it for me. He's no respecter of people. If I see God moving through dawn and healing, he can move through me in healing. I'm not any better than the rest of you guys. We're the same. We're just jars of clay. Fragile jars of clay through which the power of God gets glory. We just got to be willing to step out in faith and make a risk. What if I'm wrong? Well, then that's how I learn. I don't know about you, but when I rode a bike, I didn't ride it perfectly the first time. I wobbled and fell. Got back on, wobbled and fell. That's how it is with Christ. That's how it is operating in the gifts of spirit. That's how it is to step out in faith. You're not always going to do it right. You might look a little funny as you're going about doing it. You might make a mistake and stumble and fall. But the more you do it, the more you see God move, it builds your faith. I am convinced now, now I am convinced that God's desire is to always heal. And I still don't fully understand why it doesn't happen. But oh, I want to press into Jesus to believe for more. Jesus is the author and perfecter of my faith. Therefore, I need more of Jesus. Do you hear that? How do we experience more healings? Jesus. How do we pray for sick and see them made well? Jesus. It's not you. It's not me. It's the power of the Holy Spirit through faith in the name of Jesus Christ. If you're still waiting for healing... Press into Jesus. If you're still waiting for healing, keep reading scripture. If you're still waiting for healing or you want to lay hands on the sick and see them healed, then keep listening to testimonies. No matter what, stay in a place of trust. Because God can use all things for good. I'm going to ask the people who are going to give testimonies to come up. Monette, uh, Giselle, Peggy, come on up. Dr. Stanley says... God is still in the healing business, but he does it according to his will and timing. When the Lord delays, it's because he's 
focused on something more important than a healthy body. Oh. His goal is to help us learn to listen to him. And sickness has a way of grabbing our attention. Through it, we learn what he wants to teach us. And we see this explained. You can read it on your own, 2 Corinthians 12, where Paul says, I pleaded and asked, and asked God to take away. But three times he said, my grace is enough. My grace is enough. Paul didn't get the healing he wanted. Paul didn't get the breakthrough he wanted. But he said, so therefore, I will boast all the more in my weakness. Because when I am weak, then the power of God is in me. And I experience it in a way I would never experience it before. Paul says, fine. All right, God, your grace is enough. Then in my pain and in my suffering, I'm going to lean into you more. I'm going to rejoice in the midst of my pain and suffering. Because when I'm weak, then you are strong. And Paul explained that the Lord let him go through it to keep him humble. So no, God never causes sickness. God does not allow it to happen, but he will use it. That's another thing you got to get out your vocabulary. God does not allow sickness. That's what I believe. But he will use it. We have to believe. Come on up. Come on up. We want to share some testimonies to build faith. Thank you, Tim. And worship team, you can come on up too. Come and step, step up here. Go ahead, Giselle. Um, so Is the light red? Did, yes. Here we go. Not sorry. Check, check. Oh, hello. So um, at Young Adults, we were uh, getting prayer requests from everyone. And for the some of you may know her. Her name is Linda. She's been coming to our young adults every week. Um, but she's basically dealt with arthritis her whole life. And she's 20 years old. And the arthritis sometimes makes it hard for her to move. She has medication that she takes for it. And um, there are days, she says, where it becomes really hard, especially since it's been cold out. She's been having really bad episodes with her arthritis. And so we took the time, Pastor John took the time, and we prayed for her. And um, over the next few days, she forgot to take her arthritis medication on accident. But she didn't feel any pain. And then her, she decided, yeah, praise God, there's no pain at all. Years and years of, of this arthritis. And then after we prayed, she forgets to take it and there was no pain. So she stepped in faith and decided to stop taking her arthritis medication. And she hasn't had to take it for like, like the past week. So God is good. On the first day of our prayer and fasting, I had this throbbing headache. Like in a scale of 1 to 10, it's like 8, 9. And then I experienced that for more than a week. And on January 11, I had my dental, dentist appointment. And after the treatment, my blood pressure showed up. It was 198 over 87. And so I said, okay, what shall I do? The uh, urgent care is just next door. So I went to urgent care and they took my blood pressure and they said, oh, it's still high. It's 180, 82 over 78. And, the, and so the nurse practitioner prescribed me amlodipine and I said, 
Oh, I'm a stubborn patient. I'm not going to take that medicine. Oh, you might have heart attack or stroke. And I said, nope, I'm not going to have that. So I still have headache. And then finally, I said, Lord, I keep on praying. But I said, what's going on? And during that time where I suffered headache, my brother in Canada is also suffering the same thing as I have. And he also has a high blood pressure. And I said, ooh. And then when I talked with my siblings, they said, oh, mama had high blood pressure before and she was rushed to the hospital and she had double bypass and she was 57 years old during that time and I am 58 years old now and I said oh oh no 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 but it keeps bugging me and I said no no but yeah and so last Wednesday I wrote and I, I just remember that I have this journal that my daughter-in-law gave me she, it says here, be still and know that I am God. That's from Psalms 46, verse 10. And so I wrote, I said, Lord Jesus, I'm tired of the things going on in my mind regarding what the nurse practitioner said, that I have hypertension. She even prescribed amlodipine. I refuse to accept that and refuse to take the pills. My condition might be in the natural, but I'm operating in the supernatural because I believe and declare that Jesus is my healer. I am strong and healthy. But did the headache go away? My blood pressure is still saying 157 over 80, 160 over 80. And then we had our... BEP that night and um, Sister Christine shared what she shared this morning and I said I'm fired up I'm going to have faith bold faith and during the session there was a question there what was the big prayer that you have asked God that made a change and I said this is going to be the big prayer that I'm going to have that I'm going to be healed and so I wrote a lot of verses that God, the Holy Spirit, is reminding me. I even wrote here Psalms 103 and the one that says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all our iniquities, who heals all our diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, and so on and so forth. And then this one struck me. Proverbs 4, verses 20 to 23. My son, in my case, my daughter, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. And I said, oh, so I like kind of summarize it. I said, Oh, I should listen and read God's word, hide it in my heart, because it says here, for they are life to those who find them. Life. My, my condition was life-threatening. So I said, Lord, 
I found your word, seek and find, right? So I seek God's word and I found that God's word is life and health to one's whole body. So when you take medication, it has side effects. So it will treat your heart disease, but it will have, it will affect your liver, your kidney, but God's word said that it's who those who find it who those who find it would have life and health whole body no side effects so i thank god jesus is my healer i'm healed my blood pressure i took this morning it's 117 over 75 textbook picture by the way <laughs> come on and one of the things i want to say you know, with Linda, rheumatoid arthritis is a life sentence, but God. But God. Genetics. Oh, you can't fight genetics. Oh, but God, you can. <laughs> Amen. Come on, Peggy. Amen. I don't know if you guys know, but um, about a year ago, in 22, November 2nd, I had um, open heart surgery. And, <laughs> but God. <laughs> I mean, it's already been a year and a half. So this morning, though, I had pain on my incision. I don't know why, but I asked the girls to pray for me. And boom, it was gone. <laughs> but God. <laughs> and I just thank you for all your prayers. And, and you know what? Don's right. Just you pray first. Then you do the other stuff. <laughs> You know? Amen. I'm super sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank, Thank you. you Jesus. Will you stand to your feet, please? I wanted them to testify because faith comes by hearing the message of Christ. He is healer. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it is his desire to heal. We have got to then begin to cooperate in faith with the promises of God. We have to ask God we have to ask God, help us with our unbelief and increase our faith. I see another testimony wants to come up. Up here this way, Miss Sylvia. I wasn't coming to church today. I was going to online it. And I've been praying for my Ruth and my Liz. I'm talking about two dear friends. <laughs> One Ruth calls me and says, are you going to church? I go, no, I was going to watch from home. She goes, oh, Liz called me and told me to, she, uh, she wanted to go to church. I never took a shower so fast in my life. <laughs> and they are here. And for me, it's a miracle. I don't beg you to come to church. I just ask you. I just talk about God all the time. And I know that he uses me as a vessel. I'm so proud. I'm so proud to be a vessel. But I also have a big miracle that I'm able to announce. I'm going to be a grandma. Hey! JR and Lori are pregnant. Hallelujah. He gave me the permission to shout it out. Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Congratulations. I think we got more. Come on, Nelia. You can sit down again. We got more testimonies. You can sit down. It's cool. If you need to leave, it's 12, I get it, but I wouldn't encourage it. Here we go. 
Yes, I just thought that I need to share this um, miracle or the healing of God because now we're talking about the faith and healing. What is faith? Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. I remember that verse very much because when I went to um, something three weeks ago, when I was uh, washing um, clothes with a bleach, a bleach got into my eyes on my left eye. And I rushed to the bathroom and tried to um, uh, clean or, you know, um, put more water in my eyes so that um, I tried to just, you know, I don't want this redness in my eyes and oh my gosh, it was really scary. So wash my uh, eyes as much as I can and then um, after a few minutes my eyes started to get red it was uh, it was hurting it started to get hurt it started hurting and then um, I said okay Lord I don't know what to do I want to go to the doctor I want to rush to urgent care and I said okay I'm just gonna pray and I always say to myself, okay, Lord, heal me and I will be healed. Save me and I will be saved. Every day I say that prayer to myself. When I wake up, Lord, heal me and I will be healed. Save me and I will be saved. But I don't see any changes in my left eye. I go to work and it's still red and it's still hurting. So... I decided, okay, okay, Lord, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for you to heal me. So I said, okay, I will go to that urgent, to urgent care. But they want me to go to my primary doctor to get a um, referral to go to the ophthalmologist. And I said, okay. So I decided to make an appointment um, on January, I think it was January 12. It was Friday at nine o'clock in the morning. So I woke up in the morning on that Friday and the Holy Spirit just told me, okay, don't go. Do you trust me? So I said, okay, what am I gonna do? I already made an appointment. They, they're expecting me to come. Okay, I decided not to go. I did not go. What I did, okay, Lord, I am trusting you. You're gonna heal my left eye. It was bad. I did not go. I canceled my appointment. And you know what? The funny thing, uh, it was, I was, I was okay in that morning, but I don't want to tell a lie. And I have to say, why I am canceling my appointment and I just and it's good because I left a message that I just want to cancel my appointment I didn't have to make an excuse but that day too but that day too I developed a um, um, a very bad cold but then okay there's a reason there was a reason for me not to go on that day too but again it was just all the prayer and praying to god lord heal me and i will be healed and save me and i will be saved you know my eyes got better in just a few like that day i started 
to see my eyes is getting better. The pain went away. You know, I don't know about you, but I just want to encourage you that there are God is good. God is our healer. He is He's always there. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And during the time, in my time of desperation, I just remember him. I remember him saying to me, don't go. Do you trust me? That's why I trust the Lord. I trust him with all my life, with all my soul, and with all my, my heart. God is good. Amen. Ah, that's a good example. Pray first and ask the Holy Spirit and then obey. Save yourself a trip to the doctor. <laughs> Come on, Shirley. It's all right. You can cry. I'll hold it for you. All right. So pastor said, why do some people don't get healed? It's so that you can be a testimony because I am a testimony to yes. someone who did not get healed in my heart or my life. And it was my dad. And I was 12. And just like that, he was gone. He had a heart attack. And my dad would take me to church. And I was always the one where, like, I need to go here, I need to go there for, like, for catechism. I was, a, I was Catholic. But when my dad passed... I did not believe in God. I rebuked him. I was so mad and so angry. And said, who are you to take my father? Not knowing that he was my, he is my father. Fast forward. I had a stepfather, so I got another chance. We did not get along. But before that, I'm sorry, this is hard to share, but I have to share it. When my dad passed, I went through a lot. I tried to commit suicide and I know that God used me to be a vessel in my life so when things happen and you don't think that there's a reason why someone would get healed it's so that you can be a testimony so you can be a vessel so they can be with Jesus there's a reason so my second story is my stepfather I lived away I got away from it all God brought me back. He says, I'm not done with you yet. You have more to do. And I'm like, why God? Like this, this is it, I'm happy. But my, my journey was not done. My stepfather did not believe in God. He was like, you really believe in this? This stuff, this is real. My mom, why are you playing this stuff for? Why I come back to this? And he's dying, he has cancer. But I had to stand in faith. God got me through that. God got me through that. And again, he was not healed. He passed. And I'm like, God, why did you leave my mom? She was happy. Like, why did you take him too? But he did it again. Another testimony. My mom's sick right now. My mom was not a believer. But to this day, she is. She told me this morning I did not want to come to church. I just didn't feel like it. But I have to. I have to because my mom's like, no, you need to go to church. You need to make sure you go to church. 
So she's homesick. But the enemy started getting in my head because my grandfather had died from pneumonia and she's not, it's not coming up. But after hearing all this, I know I, what I have to do and what I, what I already know, I have to trust and believe. I have to believe in healing. And even if there's not a healing, I know there's a reason the testimony because generation after generation is going to understand and they're going to know why and who, who we serve and who he is. So there may not be healing. People may pass, but there is a reason. There is a reason and there's a reason for every season in your life. So can we put this camera on over here? Okay, Mama Terry, we just send forth a healing word to your body right now. We command the sickness in your lungs to go. Pneumonia, you have no place in Jesus' mighty name. And for the others who are not feeling well online, we just release the healing power of the name of Jesus over you. Be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, Tita Tess. After we get all of these testimonies done, we're going to have a time. We're going to open the altar for prayer. And we're going to pray in faith, lay hands on sick, and let God be God. Good morning, my brothers and sisters. And um, it's okay. It's okay. Yes. Okay. I am. Um, this is unprepared one. And what you can see in me is a living testimony of God. With faith of my faith of journey way back to 2005 when I was diagnosed in a lung cancer stage 4 stage 4 I just want to clear it to you that the doctor after all the procedures they said to me and my friend who assisted me because I don't want to bother my husband in his work and the doctor says I have six months to live when I heard that when I heard that the world pulled down in my life knowing that Daniel is only five years old and I cry and cry and cry until I reach my home I don't know what to do, just God. Lord, if this is, I know that sickness is sin. If I have sin in my heart, I open up to you all throughout of my faith journey. And David, when God has sinned, I said, Lord, if my faith is not that what you are requiring. And I mentioned when I heard Pastor Adan, it's just like a seed. Father, help me that my faith will build up on you. Just like a master seed that you are requiring. A very, very small seeds. And now, if I will if I will share it to you one by one, one day is not enough. And throughout my journey and even my doctor in City of Hope, we had just last 
uh, have uh, she is retired already and um, and when I uh, from City of Hope to uh, it's very very expensive in City of Hope that's why I moved to uh, Kaiser Permanente but still uh, I've been a uh, testimony and my after the five years because in breast cancer there is a lot of survivor and even my doctor is saying to me in the city of hope i was diagnosed in in kaiser but i have no peace by that time that's why my health insurance i waited for the next enrollment because we it's only the ppo is accepting there but the lord provides everything until i reach in this hope this uh life of mine and every day as i open my eyes grateful and thankful to you lord for the gift of life that you are giving to us to be to me that's why in our bible engagement when there there is a question and i will always answer the question with my own experience i'll just tell them my uh, god is good god is good that's why i am when i am singing the goodness of god and every time i'm here my heart my heart and even in a workplace they know me it's a living testimony of God for His faithfulness, for His glory, for His mercy and grace in my life. That's why I really thank God for my husband being at sport, knowing that I don't have my family here. I, it's in the Philippines, only one, my brother. So that's why I'm truly grateful to God. As I told you, if you want to know everything for me, just approach me and I'm willing. And every day in my life, Lord, if I have my devotional time in the morning before I go to work, and I said, forgive me, Lord, for my sin, if I have my, uh, anything in my heart, forgive me. Forgive me. Every day, every day, I ask forgiveness to God before I go to work. Amen. Any question, please approach me. Any more stories, please approach me. And when we open the altar for prayer, if you have cancer or someone that you want to pray for about cancer, you come to test and she's going to lay hands on you. Freely you have received, freely give. All right, Tita Anita. <laughs> come on, let all these stories build your faith today. Are you strengthening your faith today? Do you believe God is Rafa, healer? Come on, amen. Good afternoon, everyone. I didn't know that I'll be giving you testimony on this topic. But since I've been hearing all these things, I just want to let you know, God is really, truly good. Way back in 1990, when I started 
working with Los Angeles Community College District, we've been using the computer. And you know the effect of computer on our hands. Way back then, I was diagnosed with carpal tunnel. And when I went to the doctor, she said that you have to have surgery. The only thing or the only time that I can see you is if you will have surgery. You know what I told her? Nothing personal, but I won't see you again. I'll be saying, my God, who will be healing me? Would you believe from that time on until I retired in 2009, for 25 years I've been working, I didn't have any surgery at all. So I praise God because I know it's really hard to work when, you're, when you have the numbness, the tingling, and I even have the jerking thumb. Everything is so painful. But I know that the Lord God was the one who sustained me. He is the one who created me and He knows my needs. So when I come to Him, I said, Lord, this is your day. Help me. I won't be able to go through this without you. So that's the first one. The second one is for like a year or more ago, my primary physician told me, you have to take cholesterol medication. I said, why? I said, because of your age, your sex, your ethnicity, and all those different factors. I said, but you told me my cholesterol is good. So why would I take it? I said, you have to. I said, well, next week will be my annual physical and I will have my lab test. Let's see what will happen. But I trust my God. He will be the one who will give me good results. And lo and behold, he did. My cholesterol level is good. So I thank God for everything. Yes, he's the God who sustains. He knows our needs. Even the smallest thing that we need, the back pains, everything. I'm already 80 years old. And I thank God that he's still giving me the opportunity to just share what he has been doing in our lives. I know he has a purpose and a will for everything that happens to us. It's not just he wants us to be blessed. He wants us to feel those things so that we will be drawn closer to him, depending on him, his kindness, his love, and his goodness, that we can share it with others who are seemingly having this bad experiences, hopelessness, the fear, and everything. But yes, our God is good. And when we go to Him, we seek Him. Remember the song that we're singing? We seek Him. He listened. He answered. And that's why we trust Him. So we give praises, thanks, and honor to God. Amen. Amen. So, we believe God is healer. We believe Jesus died for healing. While we're pressing in for healing, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, maybe past traumas that we've been through, we continue to abide in Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We choose a position of trust 
and surrender. We got to lean into grace because his grace is more than enough so that you can experience his power and even his peace while you're waiting for his promise to unfold. I want to say goodbye to the live stream audience. May the peace of God be with you. May you experience his presence in increasing ways. And we release the power of Jesus in your life. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Visit us in person or online at hwcim.org. 